Good to be with you guys. My name is Jerry Miller. Thank you kindly for joining us on a Thursday afternoon. It's a pleasure to be with you now one week before Thanksgiving, Judah. Yep. A week before the Thanksgiving holiday. One of my favorite holidays. I'm curious of where it stacks up for you for the best holidays of the year. Some of the favorite activities to do on Thanksgiving. Um, the turkey trot at Boar's Head captures mm-hmm. the attention of hundreds of people on a, on a Thursday morning. Um, excited for that. Have family coming in from the West Coast and from the East Coast to stay with us. Uh, with uh, my wife and I and our two boys. We're very excited about that. Um, pies. Um, I will miss the, the pie chest. Uh, we were often gifted uh, yeah. pies on Thanksgiving by yes. uh, Keith and Yona. Much love to Keith and Yona for those pies. We, we love those pies, pies in the pie chest. If not for the many other reasons why we love them. <laughs> absolutely. I mean, the pies were one of, the, uh, one of our favorites, absolutely. Um, so we'll talk about some traditions. I want to ask you, and we'll start on a two-shot, then we'll weave back on a one-shot. A lot to cover on the program, including more Fry Springs chatter, the story I wrote um, about uh, a third location from the Marie Bet um, team will be the lead of the program in the Anna's Pizza location. Um, I'm going to talk about that to start the show. First, I'm going to weave um, the jack-of-all-trades, fondly um, known as J-Dubs, up and down the eastern seaboard. 13 years and counting here at HQ on Market Street. Thanksgiving, your favorite? Top three? You strike me as a, as a Christmas guy, number one. That's my favorite holiday. Yeah, I think Christmas gets number one. And there's usually more time off. There's usually more time with family. And uh, it's, not just, it's not just one meal. And it's not just one specific meal. In fact, I've thought about... Multiple meals in the Wickhauer household. For no, I just mean that... Uh, Peso Cristo's birthday. I just mean that there's no there's no set specific outline for a Christmas dinner, and uh, Thanksgiving is almost always exactly the same. So I've been toying with uh, trying to add some different things, you know, when my when, get, when I get together with family. I like it. I like it. Thanksgiving top three for me. I'll go clear cut Christmas one. Huge fan of uh, the Fourth of July. Proud American. Uh, my mom, a, a Cuban immigrant, as I've documented on this program so much, and I grew up in a household where she was a very proud um, American, proud to become a U.S. citizen, uh, proud to, to migrate mm-hmm. and immigrate from a communist country right before a communist dictator, yeah. uh, utilized war tactics to take control of what was a very proud country in Cuba. Um, I'll go Christmas 1, 4th of July 2, Thanksgiving 3. Mm. Our Thanksgiving tradition's a week away. We're rolling the turkey trot in there. I'm super excited about this. Seeing our five-year-old run a, uh, a 5K, jog a 5K, trot a 5K, do a 5K on dad's shoulders for as long as dad can do that is going to be something for the memory book. And our 11-month-old being pushed on a stroller is going to be something for a memory book. Very excited about that. Um, need a new pie substitute. We're, we're, we're taking ideas for the pie on the, uh, on the program. You started with Pickleback. I've not had a Pickleback beer. I've never it's had a, a beer, beer with a pickle? I've never had an actual pickle. There are some breweries that, that make a Pickleback beer. But uh, you can really just, uh, you don't need it. I mean, you can also, uh, I think... Pickleback started as something that you have with a, with a whiskey, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I've seen it with whiskey. whiskey and a pickleback. I've seen it with whiskey. And you can do the same thing with the, with the lager. Like I said, it, it'll uh, elevate a uh, lower, lower to middling uh, beer to a much higher level. I'll try it. I'm going to you, – you, you don't lead me astray. You, let's do it before Thanksgiving. We yep. will do it before Thanksgiving in the office or outside the office. The man misses draft tap room. I think a very underrated watering hole locally is the Lazy Parrot. If you have not mm. been to the Lazy Parrot, 
that watering hole is very dynamic with the televisions, the wings, the pizza, the sandwiches, the two bars, the beers on tap, the outside seating, the friendly and approachable price points. Mm -hmm. Sports bar meets family atmosphere, cornhole outside, a lot for a lot of people. We are blessed with watering holes galore in this community, which is fantastic. We'll go to a one-shot. We'll start uh, with the lead of the program, a topic we talked about yesterday. The team we said yesterday, the team behind, in fact, it's in the story on, on ilovesevil.com. I'll, I'll read you the first paragraph of our story. The team behind Marie Bett is opening a third location in the city of Charlottesville in the Fry Springs neighborhood of Jefferson Park Avenue. We also, in the story, say a lease was signed this week. We say that they'll rent a portion of Anna's Pizza uh, and launch a version of their popular cafes from Rose Hill and Water Street. Uh, we mentioned coffee, breakfast, and pastries in a scaled-down version of Anna's Pizza. Check if you, if you haven't gone by the Maury Avenue Shopping Center, I want you to do it. I want you to look into Anna's. And then you'll see a cement concrete wall literally almost down the exact middle of the restaurant, dividing the restaurant in two. One of the larger restaurants when it was in operation in the city, Anna's, had that huge banquet hall on the left, that banquet private reserve dining room that wasn't used that often, and seating for a significant amount of people. One of my first experiences with restaurants in Charlottesville was in 2000. Crazy to say I've been here 23 years. First year... Um, at the University of Virginia, um, and we were doing the fraternity, um, it wasn't pledge ship, but it's when you go from fraternity to fraternity, and the frats are kind of like whining and dining you and trying to get you to join their, their house. And one of the houses, it might have been SAE, or, and it might have been Chi-Fi, it was one of those two, took me and uh, some friends out to Anna's for pizza and cold pitchers. And it was a boatload of us, including all the brothers, and there was plenty of seating left, just having a great time. One of my first memories of a restaurant in Charlottesville outside of the UVA bubble was that experience at Anna's in 2000 in the Fry Springs uh, neighborhood. That was very much the heyday for Anna's Number 5, a restaurant that we loved. I've often said the Italian sandwich at Anna's Number 5, the best Italian sandwich around, or certainly in the top five. Um, so on I Love Seville, we mentioned that a portion of the space was leased and the team behind Marie Bat was going to pursue a version of one of their restaurants there in the near future. You know, I, I feel comfortable with that uh, story on ILoveSeville.com. I feel comfortable with it. Um, the headline could have been a bit tighter. You know, my background, uh, newspapers and media, radio and television. Sure, I will give you this. Absolutely, our headline could have been a bit tighter. Our headline, Marie Bet team opening third location for Ice Springs neighborhood. Maybe we, we, with retrospect, say Marie Bet team opening a version of their restaurant in Fry Springs neighborhood or, or a new concept in the Fry Springs neighborhood. But what's in that story with the uh, third spot, renting a portion of Anna's, a version of their popular cafes, the breakfast, coffee, pastry, um, you know, good to go, good to go. Uh, and, and I encourage anyone that's watching and listening to the show, and, and, and the show, the viewership and the listenership, whether, you know, is, 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 is fairly hefty these days. Drive by, take a look. I mean, fantastic opportunity in that area. As, as John Blair highlighted yesterday on LinkedIn, you got two to 3,000 people coming with the Paul Manning um, Biotech Institute. That's a hop, skip, and a jump away from the Maury Avenue Shopping Center, perhaps the new moniker of the shops at Fry Springs. Um, we, we, we spoke yesterday about the closing of the pizza, the pizzeria across the way. Do you think it's safe to call Fry Springs Station a pizzeria on a two-shot, J-Dubs? Yeah, I think that's safe. You think it's safe? I mean, very much more than pizza for that 14-year-run restaurant. Oh, yeah. Much more than pizza, but I, mean, I think... Beer, <clears throat> cocktails, sandwiches, salads, desserts, 
PK and Ben, the team behind Fry Spring Station, highlighted the sit-down nature of restaurants and how they've changed dramatically, where you, need, you have table service. Um, that concept is, is faced some headwinds, where, yeah. and we've highlighted this on the program, the concepts like Moe's on Ivy Road, owned by Derek Bond, or one of PK's other brands, Ivy Provisions, where it's order from a window, no front of the house staff. Revolutionary Soup fits this model as well. Bag Bees on the downtown mall fits this model as well. Those concepts, um, less labor intensive, keep overhead down, maybe some tailwinds for those concepts, especially if they can integrate um, to-go, takeout, delivery, order yeah. ahead online through digital platforms and apps. Right. Um, but the station, how would you characterize that? Um, how would I characterize You've their- been, right? Yeah, it's been quite a while, but... Uh, That's right around the corner from your, your rentals. Yeah, I mean, it's a little bit less... Two little, miles. A little bit less than, than it was when they were living in... Uh, in Redfields. Redfields, but yeah. Um, I mean, it was just a... It was a great place. They had, that, uh, they had that big open window where, you know, you could basically sit outside while still sitting at the bar. And uh, for hot days, they had that nice... Uh, that nice patio roof, uh, just great food, great, uh, atmosphere. And, um, I mean, I can understand how the, I can understand restaurants struggling. Um, we all know that COVID changed a lot for a lot of people. I'm sure that, uh, as crazy as it seems, there are probably still a lot of people who are, uh, who are on like basically COVID panic mode. Um, people you know, you saw what UVA said last week. The University of Virginia, that article still online at news.virginia.edu, pretty much in, in an article on their website said, look, it's time to consider COVID and the pandemic in, in, in some kind of hybrid or category of the common cold or the flu. Yeah, I mean, we... Uh, I think we have to admit that it's not going anywhere and it's also not... It's also not a uh, you know a pandemic that's killing hundreds of thousands of people a uh, a week or month or even year anymore, um, but that doesn't change the fact that uh, I think the damage has been done. And to the psyche, to social norms, to habitual behavior. The first two paragraphs from Jane Kelly's article, November 9th, twenty twenty three, on Virginia.edu. Excuse me, news.virginia.edu. The headline of the article, almost four years in, is it time to start treating COVID differently? The author writes, with the 2023 holiday season fast approaching, people are asking when they should start treating the corona- when they should start treating the coronavirus as a common illness to navigate much like the flu or a cold. Yeah. And Dr. William Petrie, who's an expert on infectious diseases at UVA, said, quote, I think we are there now. End quote. You can find that story on news.virginia.edu. The behavior has been changed. Yeah, I think the damage has already been done, and there's not really a whole lot of way. There's not really much you can do to put the uh, what's the put the um, the cat back in the bag, um, and and I it's not just the pandemic either. I mean. Uh, crushing debt uh i know that uh i know that powell is acting like uh inflation's in check but that usually just means that it's the inflation is going up at a lower but steady rate and that's not helping anybody out here that's you know struggling um so there are a lot of people that probably i think you know tipping I think there are a lot of people that feel more comfortable just going and grabbing something at a window. Um, like you said with, uh, with Moe's, you can just go order, pick it up at a window. You don't really have to worry about, you know, feeling obligated, obligated. Yeah. Obligated for, and for tipping a, a server. And so I think a lot of people are probably more comfortable, you know, with that type of, uh, carry out service. Experience. Price and point's different, more affordable, 
Claire uh, Turney, welcome to the broadcast. Juan Sarmiento, we will see uh, whether a version does open um, in that storefront. You know, I'll, I'll stay with what I wrote there on ilovesevil.com. Claire says, um, we could also, in regards to the pie, we could also fast and donate the money we used to pay for a huge Thanksgiving spread to indigenous nations. And she said, Fry Spring Station did elevate her Caesar salad game and says, cheers to you and I. Claire, thank you for watching the program. Thank you for the direct message today. Um, I'm curious what that would look like. What's that? I'm curious what that would look like. Which part? Donating money to in indigenous people instead of having Thanksgiving? Or the Caesar salad game being elevated? Uh, the first one. Um, I know, I mean, we, I'm sure you've seen the, uh, I'm sure you've seen some of the signs, especially coming up, uh, what is it, coming up High Street from, uh, when you turn onto High Street from, from, uh, from Freebridge? From Market. Okay. If you're. If you're coming, like if you come across, uh, if you come across McIntyre uh, onto um, onto Market, and you take that left going up the hill onto uh, onto High Street, right at that corner, there's a sign saying, you know, basically we stole land from what the Monic the Monacan Trail, the Monacan uh, Indians. But that leads me to the question, are there any indigenous, uh, obviously Charlottesville doesn't have a, uh, doesn't have a reservation. Um, where would you, where would you donate to indigenous people? I mean, there's organizations outside Charlottesville. Oh yeah, I'm sure Charlottesville's not the entire world. No, no, no. But it, it was a spirit of a fairly specific comment. And so I thought, uh, I thought I'd ask. Hi, Claire. That's a great question right there from Jay Dubs from Judah B. Wickhauer. Viewers and listeners, your thoughts on anything we're covering right now? Uh, we'll relay them live on air on the program. We talked about Anna's being subdivided, and I very much encourage you guys to look at this. I think it's a fantastic location for a restaurant. Fantastic location uh, for what's to come. I think Fry Spring Station across the way is, is garnering... Will Garner and is already garnering interest. That restaurant's set up beautifully with the alfresco, indoor, outdoor, uh, outside bar, inside bar, um, and, and, and the walkability with that restaurant. So you think it'll be a fast turnaround? Uh... I didn't say that. I said I think it would, I think it's, I know it's garnering interest now. I know for a fact it's garnering interest now. Mm -hmm. I think it will continue to garner interest. I think there are headwinds when it comes to um, potentially taking over restaurants. We've already highlighted the labor and the cost of goods. Well, then maybe a good question is what would people like to see there? I think if, that's a great question. I think that spot would make a great brewery. Yeah. I think it would make an open kitchen. I mean, a fantastic like micro a brewery or, or a satellite uh, beer experience for one of the brands on Nelson 151. And they've and, it could, and they could serve food, too, because it's got, oh, they, obvious, they to. obviously, a great kitchen. Um, Jason Howard, many people bought smokers, air fryers, grills, and other kitchen appliances over the pandemic. Yeah. Some people's eating patterns just shifted. They're not anti-restaurant. They just enjoy eating at home. Also, I feel like there are more food trucks than ever. Lots of breweries and wineries having a different truck or trucks every weekend. More ways to spend your entertainment dollar than traditional brick-and-mortar restaurants. Claire's going to send you a link. Okay. Uh, or put it in the comment section for opportunities to donate to indigenous uh, folks. Lisa Custolo mm -hmm. on Cherry Avenue said, many who identify as Native American uh, are now often uh, a mix, like many of us uh, in America, no especially doubt. on the East Coast. Um, Brenda Kovrick, welcome to the program. Uh, the topic of, of today's show was what we wrote on ilovesevil.com with the restaurants coming and going to the Fry Springs area. And as, as I started the program, I will uh, stick with the team behind the beloved um, cafe and bakery, Marie Bet, eventually opening a, a uh, location, a third, not a third MB, but a third restaurant in that shopping center. And if that does not happen, I will be the first to say otherwise. What do you mean not a third Marie Bet? 
it's going to be a a concept that is is a work in progress. Okay, so possibly a separate menu. Concept that's a work in progress. I mean, that was clear in the article on on the website. Um, this leads into a segue for our next topic, if you want to put the lower third on screen, about which other restaurant spots that could be divided. The days of a 3,000, 4,000, 5,000 square foot restaurant, I think are gone. The days of uh, prioritizing heavy front of the house staff in two to 300 covers a night are gone, I believe. Um, I think very niche restaurants will be doing that type of business, elevated, uh, very um, refined, sophisticated, that can cover the cost of that kind of model with heavy price points. I don't think it's going to evaporate or disappear altogether. We will still potentially see some, you know, tablecloth and, and, and cloth napkin and fine dining out there. But the levels right below that, the levels between, be, be, uh, between um, window pickup or quick serve and fast casual and fine dining, that's where you'll see some shrinkage or the most innovation have to happen. And I think the days of a 3,000, 4,000, 5,000, 6,000 square foot uh, restaurant are, are behind us. Other restaurants that I see with subdivision potential, and we saw this with Wilson Ritchie with the downtown grill. Wilson purchased that building. That's the building where the Bebedero is currently housed, where Rockfish Beer is housed, yeah. and he's got office space on the second floor. Wilson, very on the DL, has, has acquired a couple of marquee properties on the downtown mall. Not only that building, which I just referenced, but the Cafe Frank building, mm -hmm. uh, where his restaurant is located. But he was intelligent, and this is something we highlighted before the, before the transition and the transaction was made, before he bought the building. We talked about during COVID on this show that the downtown grill space needed to be chopped up. And it was eventually chopped up into two different food and beverage, uh, I mean, Bebedero's food and beverage, Rockfish straight beer, only beer, only beverage, but two different um, restaurants or, or F&B type concepts. I think you'll see the same for the Wild Wing Cafe building. I think you will see the same. Um, you already saw it for the Anna's Pizza location. Go look at it. It's diced right down the middle. Hmm. The two, uh, two spots that are left, much more manageable from an overhead. You're charged on a price per square foot. I think the... The opportunity to do a F&B business that prioritizes digital apps, third-party delivery, takeout, order ahead in a small space, that is something that we need to follow. What Luce is doing out of that window on the downtown mall, have you been there yet? I've just walked by it. Luce, the Luce concept is brilliant. I've the, been... I've, Wanted something like that. But you should try it this week. I should. After work. Get some pasta to go. Yeah. Seriously, I think you would love it. And I think you'd have food for the next day. Oh, yeah. I really we do. Had, we had something like that in, uh, in Old Port, Maine, decades ago. And it was great. I mean, you could, go get, uh, you could go get pasta to go and be in and out. And probably... Uh, I mean, if, if the place wasn't bumping, you could probably be in and out in just over five minutes. Deep Throat on Twitter, he's one of our top five commenters, says this in a DM. It sounds like your view, Jerry and Judah, of the restaurant business is like what is happening with office space. Super sexy class A office space is holding up well. Small service office space, we're in the executive office space game. This is what, what we do professionally is also doing well, but office space in the big B and C categories are getting crushed, 100%. Fantastic uh, comparison right there from, from the cosmopolitan, world-traveled, and well-negotiated and seasoned deep throat on Twitter through DM. That's 100% right. Food trucks, 
quick serve, fast casual, order from a window and pick up the food yourself, that stratosphere of F&B, humming and doing well. Talk to Moe's and Derek Bond. He's seen an uptick in business on Ivy Road. Ivy Provisions, humming, doing well. Wayside, fried chicken, humming and doing well. The top stratosphere of restaurants, table service, the experience, fine dining, heavy front of the house staff, the food is phenomenal, sophisticated with its ambiance. Black Cow Chop House, for example. Daniel Kaufman's got that restaurant crushing. That restaurant is absolutely crushing right now. Fleury, Brian Hellenberg. Fleury, doing very well. That level, the sexy Class A office space, the comparison with the office, crushing. The middle, where you need labor, and you're looking at somewhere between $12 and $18, $19, $20 a head, and you're still doing table service with staff, and you have to turn tables and turn covers for volume, that's feeling the pinch. Because that consumer either is strapped financially with credit cards or student loan debt, or has had their social habits change coming out of the pandemic, as Judah indicated, and they don't want to eat perhaps around strangers, or they prefer to order to go through an app or have the app deliver the food to them. Yeah, I mean... <coughs> When's the if, last time if, you've done it except for Sunday with your after church with your family? What, the last time I've done... Uh, Table eating. service, restaurant... Sat down, dropped between fifteen and twenty-five dollars, except for su- except for after Sunday. I know Sundays are important for you and your family for lunch. Yeah, I, you know, I, I rarely go out and go sit down. I mean, you know, I've usually uh, I've usually got Liza with me, and um, so I. For me, it's uh, for me it's you know when we have beautiful weather like today. Um, I'd say, I'd say typically it's probably me going to, um, to like Guadalajara sitting out on the patio and, uh, enjoying some tacos. That's bang. Yeah. Uh, multiple folks highlighting flurry right now. Hmm. Grayson watching the program says flurry is an anniversary and special occasion favorite for his household. No doubt. Deep Throat saying very much the same. Check out what Brian's doing at that restaurant. A-plus work. Jason Howard on Rio Road, when Aldi went into the old fresh market spot, they chopped that up maybe half the space for that grocery store. I mean, even Wegmans hasn't opened its restaurant on 5th Street since Hmm. covid yeah. Wegmans, would you say, viewers and listeners of all the grocery stores in Central Virginia, a 300,000-person market, wouldn't we say that Wegmans probably does the most gross revenue? What does more gross revenue than Wegmans from a grocery store in this area? Maybe you make a con- an argument for Costco? I don't shop at either one. Maybe on Costco? Basis. Who would challenge Wegmans' gross revenue from a grocery sales standpoint? Maybe Costco because of the cost of bulk purchasing. Are you talking about a singular spot? I'm talking an individual goes into the grocery store, spends money at the grocery, puts stuff in a cart, and leaves and checks out the monetary amount per shopper. It's either Costco or Wegmans. Wegmans has got obscene foot traffic, right? obscene foot traffic, and still they haven't chosen to open that restaurant and their grocery store. It's, it's, it's a hodgepodge of storage and a meeting place for their employee and, and their employees mm. and their staff. If you look through those curtains when you go through Wegmans, it's often very cluttered and messy looking. Mm. It's almost turned into like a proverbial break room. Let's go to LinkedIn. John Blair says, there is not a bowl concept restaurant in that area. My guess is that such a restaurant would do very, very well. By the way, per 23andMe, I am 4% Native American. Interesting. Very interesting there, John Blair. I mentioned this 
live on air. Thank you for watching the program. I mean, seriously, take a look at... When's, have you been to Wegmans recently? Uh, not in quite a while. Gosh, you are <clears> very <throat> much an anomaly, my friend. I it's, respect that about you. It's on the other side of... Don't, you don't frequent uh, it's a on very the beloved side. grocery store and, 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 and not many... Uh, I'd have to drive across town... All the way across town. You did see Wawa gas price recently, right? Wawa and Pantops below three bucks a gallon. Hmm. Two ninety nine. Nice. Gas is dropping. I the last time I was there, I think it was just over three dollars, and I was like, "Hey, that's pretty nice." I think nice. the cheapest. Uh, Lauren and Keswick says Costco. Claire, watching the program, says, uh, "In my experience, it's often possible to check out who has historically occupied your area." Find groups of those folks with an online presence and then link up with nonprofits they may be operating. <coughs> she says, Jerry and Judah, I'm not saying everyone has to fast or use their money this way, but it is always an opportunity to consider. Respect. I respect that. Definitely. Sincerely respect that. Appreciate you putting that on our on our radar. I've got mm-hmm. a eight to ten people saying it's Costco. Bill McChesney is saying we shop Kroger for the fuel points. And we spend a boatload at Sam's. Most affordable stretch of gas in Charlottesville or Almoral County, is it the stretch of stations on Route 29 or the stretch of stations on Pantops? The Pantops stretch of gas has two offerings under three bucks a gallon. Route 29, if you use the Kroger <coughs> points or the, uh, the Costco rewards or some Exxon rewards, you may be able to get less than that. But those two stretches have got to be the most affordable stretches for fuel per gallon because what? of the competition. Wawa's got to be... Wawa's two ninety nine on Pantops. Probably the most affordable. And, and uh, for all the years that, uh, that what was it, Speedway now, you know, whatever it was, I can't even remember what it was before. Speedway, is the Speedway still there? For all the years that Speedway was right next to, what is it, a mobile? That's a Tiger they, Fuel with they, the Wendy's in it on they, Pantops? They never, yeah, they never, had, they never had a problem. But They took the tanks out. Not, not what, four or five months after Wawa came in, uh, Speedway got rid of their tanks. Like, I can't even, I don't know why anyone would even stop there unless they really love the, uh, I don't know, their... Cooking all day hot dogs. Well, put the I Love Seville notebook with Jerry and Judah uh, lower third on there, if you could, please, sir. Thank you kindly. Why did you go to the Speedway? Strictly for the gas? That's the gas station on the base of Free Bridge, the bottom of Pantops. Their tanks now removed. Judah making a direct correlation to Wawa competition, yanking the tanks, creating so much competition that the tanks were removed from the Speedway. The Exxon he references next to the Wawa on Pantops, where a Wendy's is located inside. Yeah. That's a Tiger Fuel market, Tiger Fuel. Tiger Fuel, because, and I love what Tiger Fuel does. I love the Keswick sandwich. I love what the Suttons do, locally owned and operated. They're constantly donating to charity. They're absolutely fantastic. A great locally owned business. I don't business. think they have a food market at that one. There's, a, there's not one where you can order food like at Bel Air, right. but there's pre-made subs. There's pre-made subs there you can purchase. I never get pre-made subs. What's wrong with the pre-made subs? You're too bougie for the pre-made subs? Is Jamie Turner watching? Should, should I say undoubtedly here, Jamie? I think my problem undoubtedly is... Undoubtedly you don't get the pre-made subs? I think my problem is I like... Do they have pre-made Ednams? Is yeah. That, really? They have pre-made of all the sandwiches. Uh, wrapped in cellophane in kind of like a cool tank. Mm. Uh, uh, like a alfresco fridge, if you may. Made often, made usually the day of. But I guess my point is this. They, um, Wawa is straight up using gas, I think, as a lost leader. Because oh, I'm sure. They probably are. Lost leader. They're getting people in there to buy the F&B. The F&B, the lottery, the beer, the, uh, is it MTO at Wawa or is made to order sheets? Uh, I mean, Wawa definitely makes to food to order. No, I know, but there's a moniker for MTO. Is the MTO sheets? I think that's sheets, because I've never seen anything like that. All right, so MTO is sheets. I know Wawa makes them to order as well. 
Their, their cash money, their margin is when you go inside and you're dropping ducats on the uh, lotto, on the cigs, on the uh, lung butter sticks, They've on the 12-ounce pearls. Genuinely and the good stuff, though. I, the yeah. subs are good. The subs do, cannot compare to what Tiger Fuel is doing. The, no, they're not that... Uh, the delicious French baguette with the crunchy cracker outside and the soft bready mm. inside on a Keswick or any of those subs, the Suttons have got that down. I don't really like that bread. You don't like the French baguette? The it's French like, baguette it's holds like, itself... Oh, I feel like I'm trying to... I feel like I'm a caveman, like, ripping into a, you know, a haunch of a, of a woolly mammoth. Jeez like, Louise! <laughs> <laughs> trying to rip off a bite from those sandwiches is is a, a chore. Hey, thank you, Claire. Um, thank you, a- Agnes um, Arrington, MTO Sheets. Thank you, Claire. Aaron King says cheap smokes, cheap smokes at Wawa as well. You feel like you're a caveman chewing into the crunchy, crackery, outer layer French baguette with the soft, buttery inside layer? That French baguette is one of the best sandwich outer shells on a sub or a sandwich in the market. Yeah, but you've never had What that. challenge is that? And don't tell oh. me the sub at Wawa. Uh, I was going to say the, uh, <laughs> the sub that, uh, that uh, Scott ordered to be delivered from Maine. That oh. is... Scott Aaronworth, world, Virginia Beach, watching world the program. Class, he sent us some sub. top-notch, triple-A bread. If I could, if I could have that for every sandwich, I probably would. What's the it's, best sandwich bread in the market? In this market, viewers uh, and listeners. Uh, here's some background on Speedway. Deep Throat, you know so much about so many things, dude. <laughs> He's got some background on the Speedway for us. Are you ready for this? How do you? He is. How how much do you read a day? Deep Throat, seriously, like. I, I read a lot. Obviously, for this show, I'm reading a lot, talking to a lot of people. How much do you read a day? Hours. He says, here's some color on the speedway. Here's some background. Hmm. They used to be owned by Marathon, which is a petroleum company. Marathon divested it in 2021, if I remember correctly. Perhaps less emphasis on fuel under the new ownership. The new ownership is the same owner as 7-Eleven. There you go. There you go. And he says, I read for a living. That's what finance is. He's reading constantly. Nice. There you go. You need to come on the program. Come on the show. Let's go to uh, Ginny Hu on Twitter. Andrew watching on Twitter. Thank you, Andrew, for watching the the program on Twitter. Um, Glorioski watching the program on on Twitter. Thank you kindly for watching. Uh, Ginny Hu says, with fuel points, we usually have $1 off per gallon at Kroger. That's impressive. She says, years ago, I bought a pre-made sub at the market at Mill Creek. I bit into it to find a full-size permanent marker inside. Ooh. Needless to say, that was the last pre-made sub I have, I will have, or will ever purchase. I will stand up for the pre-made subs. That's an anomaly. I appreciate you sharing that perspective. It is an anomaly. I've had many a pre-made sub that were very good. If I'm I'm in in a hurry and I'm really, really hungry, I might try one, especially in an airport where everything is going to cost an arm and a leg anyways. I'm not doubting you. I, I would much rather go to the counter and have the sub made right there. Yeah. I, that's, that certainly beats the pre-made sub. No one's doubting that. But sometimes the pre-made sub feel, fills a need. It fills a niche. I will say the cheesesteak or the steak and cheese from Fabio's on East High Street is one of the best subs out there. They've got a lot of good subs there. Oh, they do. No I, I think I've had the. Uh, I think the most recent I got there was the Italian, which was which was really good. Uh, but I've had I've had the others as well. And uh, Juan Sarmiento says the Martin's potato roll is for mm. his money the best bread for any sandwich possible. It's that hard is, to argue against is, the Martins. That is great bread. That is damn good bread. It's hard to argue against the Martins. No doubt. Uh, Jason Howard, Wegman's pre-made sandwiches are great. I like the Euro lettuce, tomato, prosciutto, cheese, pesto mayo on a, French, on a fresh French bread. I will say from Wegman's standpoint, if you're talking subs, the Danny's sub or the Danny's favorite. Hmm. Have you had a Danny's favorite at Wegman's? Judah. Tell me what's on it. The Danny's favorite at Wegmans is a fantastic sub. 
Viewers and listeners, have you had the Danny's favorite? It is a fantastic sub. Bill McChesney, Bill McChesney asks a question to Deep Throat. Does Speedway have skill games? You know, the gambling machines? I've never seen them there. I don't think I see them there. In fact, uh, the skill games are now, I believe, banned. They have now initiated a ban on the skill games. Statewide or? Statewide. In, in Virginia? Yeah. Wow. The skill games were a relief effort during COVID to generate taxable revenue yeah. during the pandemic, incremental use form of taxes. Now with the pandemic behind us, they have been banned. Hmm. Take a look. Ethan Long, Jason Howard, welcome to the program. Thank you kindly for watching the show. The Italian sub at Anna's, it all circles back to Anna's. Hmm. The Italian sub at Anna's when they were making that sub was my favorite sub in town. Hmm. Ivy Provisions circles back to PK. Ivy Provisions has got some damn good subs. If you had the cheesesteak sub at Riverside Lunch, have you had that? Uh, I I have a hard you time getting. Che- I have a hard time getting anything other than a than a cheeseburger when I go there. I mean, come on. It's like someone, anyone, direct message Judah, <laughs> take him out on the town. Please, the cheese. You would love it. Feed me. Feed me. You love food. Yeah. You have a obscenely uh, fantastic and impressive metabolism. Well. Well, oh, come on. Stand up for your admirers over there. You're a lean, mean fight machine. And if you want to see this man climb anything like a hill or a rock or a mountain or get on top of a desk to change a light bulb, he's got the balance of a billy goat. Will you climb on a desk? Are you on the studio I don't camera? I don't know if that's still true, though. Are you on the studio camera? Oh, you're on your one shot? Studio camera? No, I want to be on the studio camera. Climb, the, climb the desk head. and show him your balance. Climb the desk? You don't have to if you don't I'm want to. I'm going to climb the desk. All right, well, you have the balance of a billy goat. Jeez, I'm looking at the two shot. It's just your maroon sweater on the. <laughs> I like it. I like it. I like it a lot, right there, J Dubs. All right, let's go to the uh, next headline. Uh, Natalie Alshern. Put the Natalie Alshern headline on screen if you could. Um, and and Deep Throat has an answer for Bill McChesney. Deep Throat says, Bill McChesney, I've never seen games of skill at Speedway, though the ability to eat the aged hot dog without retrenching is a kind of skill. Seven and I is a Japanese company, so maybe we see Panchico there before too long. Pachinko. What's Panchico? Pachinko is, it's a little bit like, uh, it's a little bit like pinball. Oh. It's a Japanese game. I I really don't know much of anything about it, but I'm... Pretty sure it's. Have you played backgammon? Maybe you would enjoy backgammon. <laughs> Not recently. <laughs> we should play backgammon. Hmm. Backgammon. I'm trying to get my better half into backgammon. Okay. You know something you can do with like your significant other, your partner, your husband, your wife, like a common ground. You know how it, it makes the it, it makes the experience pleasant when it's like. You guys are binge-watching together a show. Like, we've recently binge-watched... Um, oh, what's the HBO show? Um, oh, my gosh. I can't believe we're drawing a blank on this. Jerry draws a blank. See, it doesn't just happen to me. I know. I know. It's rare that it happens. Gilded Age. Gilded the age. Gilded Age on HBO, HBO, HBO Max. If you have HBO Max access, watch The Gilded Age. It is excellent. It is an excellent show about Manhattan in the late 1800s. You guys very much would like that. The mayor of McIntyre says the best sub in the county is the corner store in North Garden. Dude, Bill McChesney, that is one of your best comments yet. Have you been to the corner store in North Garden? It's at the Crossroads store? Mm. Oh, yeah. You've been there? Yeah, not recently, but it, I've been there. The gas station? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Didn't Across they like, from Pippin Hill. Didn't they have like a big, uh, a big uh, like fudge section? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Got, there you go. You've been there. Nice. Yeah, I've been there. Nice. They had. They also had a. Uh, they also had a deer head, and a deer head. They had. Yeah. They had a mounted deer head up above the uh, where you paid for your gas, and 
my my friend donated a uh, a pair of glasses and a hat so that the uh, the the buck was styling. Oh, your friend donated his personal hat and glasses to the mounted deer head at the corner store in yeah. North Garden. Whenever I'd go in there, I'd look up and <laughs> there's the deer with a with a pair of sunglasses and a uh, and a fedora. That make get a fedora. Your buddy's rocking a fedora. Not anymore. <laughs> Could he pull the fedora off? That's not an easy hat to pull off. Hmm. People are tuning into the program and seeing Counselor Natalie Ostrin making an imp- making impact already, and we're talking about fedoras over here. Yeah. I think Natalie Ostrin could can pull off a, a fedora. We're going to get to Natalie here in a matter of moments. Her sure term starts on January one. But what you're talking about makes me makes me nostalgic of Jack Browns. Hmm. And in Jack Browns, routinely you will see women's underwear hanging from the ceiling, as patrons have donated their brasiers to the aesthetic of Jack Browns. I've seen a handful of customers and or friends Hmm. remove their bras and put them on hanging from the ceiling of Jack Browns on the downtown mall. How did they hang them from the ceiling? There's like, uh, what do you Hooks? call the stuff? What do you call the stuff that's uh, not flair, not merch, aesthetic, design, decoration, hanging from Jack Browns. And you will literally go in there, you'll see brawls. You literally, the, the, the places this show goes. I'm still curious how they uh, hang them there. They throw them up and they hang from what's hanging from the ceiling. So they've got a bunch of hooks? They got stuff on the ceiling. Like, it's like a motley crew of decoration and design in there. All right. That's what is their aesthetic. Yeah. I have been there. I think you would very much like that. Uh, Marquise Johnson, you're 100%. Thank you for holding me accountable, Marquise Johnson. Counselor-elect, to be correct. You're 100% right. Her term starts on January 1, Marquise Johnson. Always welcome you are, Marquise Johnson, on this program. You know I sincerely mean that, sir. You know I sincerely mean that. He and I used to work together in the television business. Hmm. Marquise Johnson and I. Um, right down the street. I, I was going to go on the Crossroads store, and then I'm going to go to Natalie Oshren. Natalie Oshren speaking before the planning commission meeting. Natalie hmm. Oshren, this is what I think we can expect from Natalie Oshren. She is one of the youngest counselors we have had in a very long time. Michael Payne is pretty young, too. Michael Payne is who Judah Wickower thinks is going to be elected for uh, ele- nominated mayor. I guess he would be elected. The five counselors pick who the mayor is, vote. So technically that's an election, nomination election. When do you think Michael Payne was born? When do I think Michael? Let's see. Uh, I would say... Do you want me to put an over-under on there for you? You're asking what year? Do you want me to put an over-under for you of his age? No, I think I would guess, uh, let's say, oh, man, I think, uh, I mean, come on, it's a talk show here, you got I know, I know, I'm, I'm doing, talk here. I'm doing big number math in my head. (laughs) Big number math here. (laughs) Viewers and listeners, how old do you think Michael Payne is? I have the exact answer in front of me. If I put the over or under at 31 years old, would you take the over or under for Michael Payne? I'd take the over. You would take the over on 31? Yeah. Michael Payne is exactly 31 years old. Hmm. He's 31 years old. September 23, 1992 is his birthday. He's 31 years old. Remember, he served on council in 2020. So Michael Payne when voted to council for the first time, when he first served on council for the first time, was 27 years old. Hmm. His first term, first day, 27 years old. Natalie Oshren, I do not have her age. Her first day is January 1. Is Natalie over or under the 27 that Michael Payne was on his first day of council? What do you think? 
I'm going to say over on that as well. You're, generally, you want to go younger when it comes to... Viewers and listeners, someone get me her age. Deep Throat, this is right up your alley. You don't even know the answer. You, you, you know the answer? No, I said you don't even know the answer. No, I don't know. Ah, Deep Throat says she's in her 30s. So Michael Payne, his first day on council during his first term, he starts his second term on January 1, 27 on his first day mm-hmm. in 2020. Oshrin is, uh, according to Deep Throat, I, I've... I don't think I've seen you wrong on this program yet when it's come to numbers. I'm going to read your first comment, not your second one, Deep Throat. She's in her 30s, he says. She's making already an impact on council, and she's not even on council. Hmm. She's speaking before the planning commission. In the planning commission meeting this past Tuesday night, Natalie Oshren went to essentially war against UVA, when it came to that 242 apartment on Ivy, 10 story, 130 foot building on Ivy, 10 stories, 130 feet, 242 apartments. Planning Commission greenlit it Tuesday night. Austrian went to bat for this building, said we need more housing. That's going to create additional supply, which could create price stability, the supply and demand argument. And she then shame, 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 shamed UVA in the process. And then she talked about writing letters to council and commission. And then she went on Twitter and explained her position. Nice. She is going to be a vocal, active, engaged, transparent councilwoman. She is going to utilize social media to discuss her positions. She will be unafraid to challenge the University of Virginia. Michael, Fre- Michael Payne is unafraid to do that. Mm-hmm. I'm curious to see what happens with Michael Payne and Natalie Oshren as they potential, potentially uh, partner to push UVA into a payment in lieu of taxes position, a pilot. Yeah. Anyone who watches this program knows UVA buys a lot of real estate removes it from the tax rolls, and shifts the burden onto us as homeowners or renters or taxpayers, property owners, car owners, business owners. Yeah. UVA makes the argument, look at what we're doing with um, our economy to yeah. drive revenue, which is a legitimate argument. Yeah. What? That's I, a legitimate I'm argument. Not, I'm not saying it's not legitimate. I'm just saying it's a legitimate argument, but... That still doesn't absolve them of the, uh, the tax burden they're foisting on the rest of us. Marquise Johnson, I don't, I don't, uh, give me some more clarity here. Marquise Johnson challenging Deep Throat on Facebook here. Are you, what, what are you challenging uh, Deep Throat specifically here? Uh, Marquise Johnson says um, she's against the projects you want to see here, Jerry. By projects, she means building. He means buildings. She's challenging you. He also says you don't like these buildings being built. No, I'm not, I'm not switching my tune about that building, Marquise Johnson. I, I, I do not think a 10-story, um, 130-foot-tall building with 242 apartments with, for housing for 600 people built on barely over an acre on Ivy Road in the truest bank location is a good project. The developers said literally in their proposals that very few people are going to drive that live in this building. I find that to be hogwash. I was having a conversation this morning with a realtor and we talked about this project and we both agreed that the folks that were going to be living in this building would most likely have a car. Hmm. UVA students have cars. Have you guys seen some of the vehicles, some of the whips the University of Virginia students are driving around town? These are bougie cars. Very bougie cars. Marquise, I'm very willing to pass along your challenge of uh, Deep Throat and the capacity that you were willing to challenge him. Juan Diego Wade, Bill McChesney says. I think Wade's the mayor. I think he's the mayor here. 
I guess my point on Austrian, before I get onto some of these other topics, is I think we're going to see an extremely active and transparent and engaged um, councilwoman who relays to the community what she's thinking when it comes to policy and her votes. I think we're going to see it on social media. I think we're going to see her on, on Twitter. And I think we're going to see her incredibly pro-housing, incredibly pro-supply of housing, creating additional supply. I think we're going to see her um, challenging the University of Virginia. Mm -hmm. I think we're going to see her challenging the old guard, the OG. Deep Throat says this to Marquise Johnson. Let me point out something about that building, guys. Valerie Long said it will pay $900,000 a year in taxes. Assessments always a little below fair value. So call this a $100 million valuation. 30% of rent goes to expenses. That's a cap rate of 6% on the net. $3,750 a month per rent for those apartments. That's not cheap. $3,750 for how many bedrooms? $3,750 it per month. It's not going to be a one bedroom. It cannot be a one bedroom at that price. But that's not cheap. I'll give you that. And this is a finance guy talking. And, and I read... It's not I, just not cheap. That's expensive. I read, it, I read the same article he's referencing in the Daily Progress. Valerie Long, an incredibly talented attorney. Someone give Valerie props that's watching this program. Let her know we're giving her props. We give her props a lot on this program. Um, okay, Marquise, I'll, I'll, I'll get to your comments. I'll pass along your comments to Deep Throat here in a matter of moments. Vanessa Parkle says, maybe Natalie will be the new mayor. Wow. That could be, that would be something. Could be. I think Juan Diego Wade's in the driver's seat. JDW. He's voting major pain. We got a bottle of booze on it. A $50 bottle or below. You can't go bottom shelf with a plastic bottle for the $750. We should caveat the bet. It should be a glass bottle. You really think I would buy a plastic bottle of okay. bourbon? All right. I would not do that. I wouldn't accuse you of it either. Okay, thank you. Uh, Deep Throat says, and this is from the article in the Daily Progress. I read it as well. Valerie Long, the attorney who's representing the developers, RMD properties out of, with the Winston-Salem mailing address on the GIS. She said in the planning commission meeting that actually Deep Throat probably, in fact, I know for a fact, he streamed the planning commission meeting uh, in real time, and that's how I got this information. I got this information from the article. Valerie Long said it will pay 900000 a year in taxes. 900000 per year in taxes for that building. I believe the yearly tax base was significantly under one hundred k right now. I want to I say it was between twenty and 30000 if memory serves correct. 900000 a year when that building is done, she says. The assessment's always a little below fair market value. So it's safe to say that building, when finished, will have a $100 million valuation. 30% of that rent goes to expenses. So the cap rate of 6% on the net, which means $3,750 per month per apartment. And it's right, 22000 now is the monthly, is the monthly uh, excuse me, 22000 now is the yearly taxes. So my memory was correct there. Yearly taxes in the $22,000 uh, vicinity. $3,750 a month per apartment. I, everyone else that's watching and listening to this that's fine and fair talk show, I want you to know what 3750 a month in rent is going to do. It's going to increase the rent of every other apartment in Charlottesville or Almaro County. When these apartment towers come to market, another one is coming right on JPA, the corner of JPA and Emmett in Stadium. It's called the Verve. When these apartments, apartment towers come to market, they will come to market at Georgetown, Park Slope, Upper East Side price points. And when they come to market in Charlottesville at Georgetown, Park Slope, Upper East Side monthly rents, the rental market will be taken with it. It's called comps and comparables. 
you thought dairy market was expensive, or those apartments on West Main Street were expensive, or those towers on West Main Street were expensive, wait till you see this. That's that why I've, I've, I've said many times the deep throw. I've said many times that the upzoning is not going to be the affordability that everyone's talking. Marquis says Natalie for mayor. He says, uh, slow your roll a bit, deep throat. And Marquis says, I, I'm not challenging him. I'm just saying she is 35, 36, friendly competition. I was saying in her 30s is not a definite answer. I was saying 35 years old. A little, little sparring. We like sparring from you, Marquis. We, we like that sparring. Jeez Louise, this comment from the mayor of McIntyre. The planning commission and the council say vertical erections are the best thing for affordability. So why not? I, I, he, generally, he genuinely <laughs> used the vertical erections comment when talking about housing. I did a triple take when reading that one. <laughs> Judah gets a chuckle out of that. He's talking about apartment towers there. Apartment towers, you sicko. <laughs> Oh, childish behavior. Oh, man. We never, we never, uh, <clears throat> there's a little bit of boy, uh, boyish immaturity in every male. Us Whitcowers never really grow up. Uh, same for it the Millers. has to be said. Same for the Millers. Um, all right, a couple more topics and then we'll close the program. Northrop Grumman, more information on the $200 million invested into Waynesboro, Judah? They're going to be fully staffed if you want to put the first lower third about Northrop Grumman on and then rotate it with the second. Northrop Grumman says it's going to be fully staffed in Waynesboro by 2028. 331 hires, an average salary of 94000 wow. per staff member at the Waynesboro headquarters. They will be fully staffed hmm. by 2028, 331 people, Average salary, everyone in the headquarters, 94000 with yearly uh, bonuses and, um, and uh, incremental raises. That is going to change the dynamic and landscape of not just Waynesboro, <coughs> but the surrounding areas. Mark it down. The folks at the top end of this pay spectrum are not going to live in Waynesboro. They will mostly commute from somewhere in Crozet and drive across the mountain. Mark it down. Or those apartments that are going up on the corner of... Uh... <laughs> that was good. Or the apartments and the truest bank site. Somebody's got a... I don't know, I don't know anyone in Charlotte that, that can was, afford them. That was them. funny, Judah. That, that was funny. That was absolutely very funny. Respect, I, I think you're on point with you. I Vanessa mean... Parkhill, the queen of Earliesville, says... I'm with you, Jerry. My personal choice for mayor would be Juan Diego Wade. I, the mayor is a two-year term. It's not a four-year term. You do it for two years. I am in the mindset of making the mayor or voting the mayor someone who's already been there as opposed to voting the mayor in the first meeting someone who's never served on council. I think Natalie Ostrin would make a fantastic mayor, but perhaps she could be the mayor in the middle of her first term, like a Juan Diego way. Mm. We've got a bottle of bourbon on the line here. Judas promised not a plastic bottle. Or Jim Beam. Bill McChesney says, Viagra towers all over Ivy Road. Oh, Bill. 94 G's, the average salary for the Northrop Grumman 331 hires. This is a last item out of the notebook, and then we'll get to your comments. Um, the University of Virginia gets is that, more... Is that even enough to afford one of the apartments in, uh, at yeah. 3750 Yeah. The 3750 I would imagine the 3750 is a uh, two-bedroom. Deep throat. The 3750 you would say, is a two-bedroom, right? I, the 3750 I would not say is studio. What do, you, what do you make of that one, Deep Throat? Because remember, there's, still 240, expensive. there's 242 <clears throat> apartments, and they're saying it's going to be housing for 600 people at that Ivy Road location. So if you've got 242 apartments and you've got housing for 600 people, I mean... Yeah, it's twos and threes. Yeah, it's 2.5 people per apartment. So it's twos and threes. 
Maybe they have a few studios in there uh, to maximize some margin, but it's twos and threes. Um, all right, last item in the notebook, then we'll get to your comments, viewers and listeners. Newsweek ranks UVA Health University Medical Center, the UVA Medical Center, as Virginia's number one hospital in its best in-state hospitals 2024. This is one of a lengthy string of recent props for UVA Health from Newsweek and other organizations. Number one ranking for a hospital system in the Commonwealth of Virginia. The rankings were based, Newsweek's rankings were based on several factors, including surveys of healthcare professionals, data from patient surveys, hospital quality metrics from the Federal Centers for Medical, Medicare and Medicaid Services. The UVA Health University Medical Center specialized specialties were ranked among the best in the world in the publication's 2024 list. Best in the world. World's best specialized hospital among a field of tens of thousands of hospitals, neurosurgery in the world was 61, oncology was 185, cardiology 248, and all three specialties earned number one ranks in Virginia. Hmm. This is first props and kudos to UVA Health. Anyone working at UVA Health, the doctors, the nurses, the administrators, the staff, med techs, farm techs, pharmacists, anyone working there, dude, you guys are rock stars. You get serious props. But when world media publications continue to bestow rankings to the University of Virginia and Charlottesville and Albemarle and Central Virginia, last week Albemarle was the number one wine region in the world. Yeah. Last week Albemarle County wine enthusiast called the number one wine region in the world Albemarle County. This mm-hmm. week Newsweek is calling UVA Health number one in Virginia by far and one of the best in the world. This has an impact on population. My parents, they chose to move from our home in Williamsburg to where they are now in part because of a hospital system. Hmm. You hear that? Because of a hospital system. Bananas. Congratulations, University of Virginia. Um, anything you want to add? Um, yeah, give that pickleback a try. The pickleback? Yeah. Now I'm, uh, now I'm craving. (laughs) All right. That's the Thursday edition of the show. Thank you kindly for joining us. We very much enjoy, uh, connecting with you guys through the I Love Seville Network. For Judah, I'm Jerry, and this is the Thursday edition of the program. We'll see you tomorrow, guys, at 1230.